0: Ha 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 ha! Mm-hmm.
1: We would like to introduce you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is, of course, The Jazz Show. And we have a whole array of um, music jazz music specifically, to play for you this evening until, well, after midnight. And um, we have, of course, as our has been our usual format, we put the jazz feature first on the show, and uh, tonight's show, of course, is no different. Now, for the month of November, I've been uh, featuring albums that, when they were initially... Put out on LP, of course. Um, they were reviewed in the jazz publications, like Downbeat, Metronome, and and the other jazz publications, by the esteemed critics. And uh, I say esteemed in a, uh, a little bit of a sarcastic tone. And I'm I'm leaving out people like. Uh, people of great integrity like Nat Hentoff and Ira Gittler and uh, Leonard Feather and uh, several others. But there were those critics out there that were very strange <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And what happened to these albums, um, we did a series this uh, this month, and this is the last one we're going to feature for this month – Will um, bring this series back sometime in the new year because uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, all these albums were low rated and written off basically as duds uh, and uh, by the critics. And um, sad to say, back in those days, people, you know, budgeted their money to buy recordings and so they would read these reviews, and of course, if a review was, uh, if an album got two stars or one and a half stars, they would simply say, well, we're not buying that album. Look what the guy said about it. Um, So, in some ways, uh, careers were affected, or recording contracts. If an artist was established, and already had uh, um, a fairly uh, big name and, and a, whole, uh, a fan base, then sometimes uh, a bad review really didn't affect the artist at all, um, and, or his record sales. People would just kind of ignore it, and, and uh, that was it. But the individual record wouldn't sell very much. Interestingly enough, this album by the great bassist, iconoclast, composer, Charles Mingus, got a two-star review when it was first put out. It was issued initially on United Artists Records, and it was called Jazz Portraits. And it featured basically a brand new band that Mingus had put together uh, in late 1958. He replaced a bunch of members of his jazz workshop with a couple of new people. One of them was my, one of my dearest friends, John Handy, um, and he was hired to play alto and occasionally tenor saxophone in the band. The other saxophone player was Booker Irvin, who uh, played the tenor saxophone, and he became one of Mingus's very favorite musicians. Handy did, too, um, but in a, in a different way. Uh, Mingus just loved the way Booker soloed. I mean, he, he just jumped in on every tune and had that walloping big sound and, and, uh, and concept that Mingus really liked, and he became Mingus's favorite tenor saxophonist. Interestingly enough, uh, although John Handy was um, raised in San Francisco and Oakland, um, he was born in dallas in texas and booker irvin was from texas as well anyway in this band they blended together so beautifully and this was this album kind of signaled the beginning of one of charles mingus's most productive uh, episodes in his long musical career um, and of course Booker Irvin and John Handy played together so beautifully. Uh I've talked to several people. Well Danny Richmond became a very good friend of mine and he said, you know, this was one of the one of the best um small groups that Mingus ever put together. It was very coherent. Everybody was on the same page. And um Danny praised the band. He said some of Mingus's bands were were not Always together, but he said this one was, and um, this was as I mentioned before. This album was uh, the beginning of a very productive period in Mingus's career. This is an excerpt from a concert that took place January sixteenth, nineteen fifty nine, at the Nonagon Art Gallery in New York City, and it's a recording or a partial recording of that concert. There were other pieces played there, but unfortunately United Artists didn't uh, keep their tapes, and the original um, uh, raw tapes of uh, this evening's music uh, have been lost. However, uh, we do have the four lengthy tunes that make up this particular recording session and concert concert. So we're grateful for that, and this is a wonderful album. Now, as I mentioned before, when it was first put out, it was given an offhand uh, review. Uh, it got two stars. Um, the only thing the, men- uh, the critic mentioned in this, uh, he, he said there was really nothing much happening on this recording, uh, but he, he liked John Handy's work <laughs> on it. So he praised Handy, uh, and um, no one else, and uh, said uh, this album was really not uh, up to Mingus's standards and blah, 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 and that sort of thing. Interestingly enough, a few years later, this album was reissued uh, with a different cover. It was the same music, same people, same concert, but it was uh, reissued on... Um, Uh, United Artists kind of uh, went uh, away for a little while and then returned and began reissuing older albums with new covers and new titles. And it was called, um, when it was reissued, I guess it was about two years, three years after um, the initial release, uh, it was called Mingus in Wonderland and issued on uh, the new United Artists label. And it was reviewed, again, in Downbeat magazine, and they gave it four stars and praised the hell out of the album. So there you go. It all depends on the, on the critic. But the initial release, only two. The people involved here, I mentioned Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, John Handy plays alto saxophone. The pianist is substituting for the regular Mingus pianist. Um, Horace Parlin uh, was a regular in the band, and unfortunately um, he was called away on a family emergency. So Mingus was momentarily without a piano player, and John Handy had, ju- had uh, suggested to Mingus that his friend Richard Wyans, who had just arrived in New York from uh, Oakland, uh, play the piano and uh, Mingus took handy at his word and hired Richard Wyans for this date. Now, Wyans had never played Mingus's music before. Um, there was some notation. Uh, he basically used his good sense and his ears and played beautifully, and you'd never know that uh, this was the first time he was dealing, Richard Wyans, the pianist, was dealing with Mingus's difficult music. Um, but he does a beautiful job on this album. So there you go, Richard Wyans. Richard um, just passed away uh, a couple of months ago in New York. He was one of the great underrated uh, pianists. Love Richard Wyans, and uh, he sounds wonderful on this album. So all these guys were making their recording debut. Booker Irvin, John Handy, Richard Lyons, and of course Charles Mingus is on bass, and his main man, Danny Richmond, on drums. So that's the quintet, and as I mentioned before, recorded January 16th, 1959, at the Nonagon Art Gallery. And the music, I think you'll find this superb. We open with a Mingus composition called Nostalgia in Times Square, and after that, then we go to the ballad of the set, which essentially features John Handy, um, Booker Irvin sits out on this tune, and it's Mingus's favorite standard tune, and that's uh, the great Vernon Duke, uh, George Gershwin tune, I Can't Get Started With You, and John Handy does a beautiful job on, on, uh, on this tune. Then we go to a tune called No Private Income Blues, that's a typical Mingus title, And it features, of course, uh, the two horns, and they just rage away for about 13 minutes. And it's a very exciting piece of music. Interestingly enough, John Handy told me that at the concert, this is the only tune that has been edited on the album, because uh, John told me that the tune (laughs) during the concert uh, lasted well over 30 minutes. Anyway, we have 13 minutes uh, on, on the... Uh, it was edited down, of course, for uh, space on, a, on an LP. But uh, you, won't, you won't notice the edits. They were well done, so there you go. No Private Income Blues, tune number three. And tune number four is a composition that Mingus calls Alice's Wonderland. And it was part of a suite that Mingus wrote with some other music, um, but this is the main theme from this suite, Alice's Wonderland, and that closes the, uh, the concert. So that's it. Our jazz feature this evening, this uh, marvelous album, uh, heralding um, a beginning of um, a very, very productive period in Mingus's legacy. Booker Irvin, tenor saxophone, John Handy on alto, uh, Richard Wyans subbing for Horace Parlin on piano, Charles Mingus on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. And we begin with Nostalgia in Times Square, our jazz feature this evening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Our jazz feature this evening, an album which was initially released on United Artists Records called Jazz Portraits by the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop. And it was a new edition of the Jazz Workshop with two brand-new faces on the scene and two brand-new members of Mingus's Jazz Workshop, actually three Um, but uh, these guys became permanent members at least for the year of 1959. This was all recorded at the Nonagon Art Gallery in New York City on January 16, 1959. As as I mentioned, this was really the beginning of one of Mingus's most productive periods in his long career. And uh, he was going to be, in 1959, he was really going to be discovered by um, the greater listening jazz public. He was really going to come out of the underground and uh, become Charles Mingus. Um, he was about to uh, sign a recording contract with Columbia Records, of course, with uh, this band being the bassist of it, and um, made a couple of uh, Formidable albums for that label that are still classics to this day. And one for uh, Atlantic Records as well. Anyway, this edition with his Jazz Workshop Quintet, uh, the two new faces were Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, originally from Texas, and John Handy on alto saxophone, originally from Texas as well, via... Oakland and San Francisco, they had just arrived in New York City a few months earlier and joined Mingus's uh, boiling pot of creative music. Mingus's regular piano player was Horace Parlon, and Horace was unfortunately for this concert called away on a family emergency. And uh, John Handy um, recommended a friend of his who had just arrived from the Bay Area, a young man by the name of Richard Wyans, and he said Wyans would take care of the piano business. And Mingus was uh, a little skeptical at first because he was going to do the gig without a piano or play some piano himself, which he was most capable of doing. But uh, he took John Handy at his word, and he was very pleased with uh, pianist richard wyans who played this um rather difficult music um sight unseen and uh did a superb job of course mingus played bass and his closest buddy was the great creative drummer danny richmond who was uh, part of mingus's jazz workshop for for so many years and um really Mingus's best friend as well. So this was the um, personnel. um, And this album, as I mentioned before, was issued on United Artists. And when it hit the, uh, um, when it was released and reviewed in uh, several publications, uh, especially Downbeat magazine, it got two stars out of five and it was kind of dismissed as being inconsequential. So obviously the critic um, lacked a pair of ears to really hear how wonderful this music was. Um, Many years later, it was reissued on uh, a revitalized uh, United Artists label and put out with a different title and a different cover, but the same music. And it was reviewed once again in Downbeat, and they gave it four stars and praised the daylights out of it and said it was a wonderful album. So there you go. But initially, (laughs) I can imagine this particular uh, reviewer who uh, first reviewed this album, I'm sure that he perhaps got a phone call at 4 o'clock in the morning from Charles Mingus. (laughs) <laughs> or an angry letter in the mail. Anyhow, um, that was the excerpt um, from the concert, and there was more, of course, that was played at this concert. And unfortunately, the raw tape, uh, which uh, of course United Artists recorded the whole evening, sad to say, that has been lost forever. So this is what this is what we have. Uh, are these four tunes that were preserved from this uh, date. And only one was um, heavily edited. The rest were as is. We opened with uh, Mingus's composition called Nostalgia in Times Square. The second tune, tune number two, was a beautiful ballad, Mingus's favorite ballad. And it was played and interpreted beautifully by John Handy on alto saxophone. And, um, of course, Mingus soloed wonderfully on that piece as well. And that was Vernon Duke's I Can't Get Started With You. Then we moved to the piece that was edited. Um, we heard 13 minutes of No Private Income Blues, and I guess the most exciting track on the whole album because it featured kind of a, an exchange with the two horn players going back and forth and back and forth, and uh, uh, an up-tempo Uh, piece of music. John Handy told me years later that uh, um, the piece lasted over a half an hour. (laughs) He said we were all worn out after this piece was over. But anyway, 13 minutes of it was preserved for this, um, originally an LP, so they had to do it, uh, they had to cut it down for uh, space. And the final tune was a very haunting uh, composition by Mingus entitled Alice's Wonderland. And that features some uh, gorgeous work again by John Handy on alto saxophone. So that's it. Our jazz feature this evening, the music of Charles Mingus and the final jazz feature of albums that were initially overlooked and dissed and underrated and given um, lousy reviews in the jazz publications, this being one of them. And uh, we're going to, uh, in the new year, uh, we're going to have some more of these um, low-rated albums and uh, have you uh, hear them and, uh, of course, hear how great and how the critics missed the boat on uh, on so many. I've got a whole bevy of albums to play uh, Sometime in the new year, in uh, the early months of, uh, of the new year, we're going to delve into this uh, kind of feature again, low-rated albums that uh, some of them have become classics. So we'll do that again, and um, this album this evening is our final one for this month. Jazz Portraits with the great bassist, composer, jazz iconoclast Charles Mingus. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, uh, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, we have a couple of uh, things to tell you about, and we shall return in a moment or two. at Mint Records.
0: We know you'll have a great time at this year's Mint Records Ridiculously Early Xmas Party. Join us at the Red Gate on November 30th
1: for a warm and festive evening of music with Dumb, Tough Age, Necking, Supermoon, kelarissa and Jay Arner. As
0: usual, Santa will be giving away presents jammed with goodies from his elves at Audio Pile, Nemesis Coffee, Lucky's Comics, and Six Cent Press. Along with a surprise mint release to the first 50 people through the door,
1: limited advance tickets are available online or at Red Cat Records and Neptune Records. French
0: vanilla. French 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 vanilla. <laughs> MRG Concerts and CITR presents French Vanilla at the Biltmore Cabaret on December 5th. Tickets on sale now at mrgconcerts.com and eventbrite.ca
1: The last week in the the month of November, we have a little bit of well funny weather, and of course, uh, with the uh, possibility of an impending uh, transit strike, woo, that's not going to make things too easy for anybody. Um, Apparently, they're talking, so maybe. Something might happen, and maybe it'll be avoided. We can only hope. Anyway, the weather. Uh, tonight is partly cloudy. Then it's going to be completely cloudy with a low of 2, getting cool. Uh, tomorrow is going to be cloudy with a 40% chance of some participation. in uh, Participation? Yeah. Uh, we're all going to have to get up and participate. Um Precipitation in the morning, rain in other words. Um, Then it's going to be clearing and quite windy with a low of two and a high of up to five. Then Wednesday is going to be quite pleasant, a mix of sun and cloud, a little bit windy with uh, a low down to plus one and a high up to about seven. Then Thursday is going to be nice, sunny, and Friday is going to be sunny as well, but it's going to get cool. We're going to get a uh, have a real cooling trend here. So Thursday and Friday uh, are sunny with a, a low of minus 1 and a high up to 6, and then on Friday a little cooler with a low of uh, minus 3 and a high of only 3, of 3. Uh, Saturday is going to be quite cold but is going to be sunny with a low of minus 6 and a high of plus 4 and still going to stay cool for Sunday but it's also going to be sunny and cool or even cold with a low of minus 5 and a high of plus 4. So that's in the forecast for the week. And that's it. We'll be back to music in just a moment.
0: You're listening to CITR 101.9 broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkamenim-speaking Musqueam people.
1: Now, I've played this before, but I haven't played it for quite a while. And I want to say at the outset, in my humble opinion, this is one of the finest piano trio records ever. Now, the piano trio in jazz has been a staple uh, for many years, and there have been some great piano trios. Oscar Peterson um, led a wonderful piano trio with Ray Brown and and Ed Thigpen, and before that with Herb Ellis and Ray Brown. And Ahmed Jamal, of course, uh, who is still going strong, and um, his trio is, is, of course, one of the finest. We had Bill Evans for so many years um, after he left Miles Davis, was basically leading a trio, and, uh, of course, his concept was absolutely wonderful. We have the, the famous Keith Jarrett, uh, Gary Peacock, Jack D. Jeanette trio, um, All of those are absolutely amazing, of course. But to me, this particular trio, in my opinion, really defines what a piano trio is all about. And strangely enough, this was not a working trio. This is a question of three incredible musicians that know how to listen to one another, and play together with very little rehearsal. This was a trio only put together for this record session. And I wish um, more numbers had been recorded on this particular day. One of my favorite piano players was a genius, Phineas Newborn Jr., better known to his friends as Finus. Originally from Memphis, for me, he defines great piano playing, and he is at his very best on this recording. He's backed up by none other than Paul Chambers on bass and the great master drummer Philly Joe Jones, who is, uh, and I've said this many times before, he's my favorite drummer. All of this was recorded in Los Angeles Uh, One evening, October 16th, 1961, and issued on Contemporary Records on an album called The World of Piano. And these four tunes really define the best of what a piano trio is all about. We're going to hear the first tune is a Charlie Parker original called Cheryl. The second tune was written by Dizzy Gillespie and Chano Pozo. And, of course, it's the famous uh, Latin anthem, um, Manteca. Oh, I should mention it was written by Dizzy Gillespie, Walter Fuller, and Chano Pozo. There you go, to be correct. Manteca. And tune number three is a beautiful ballad by Billy Strayhorn, his most famous ballad. And we're going to hear Lush Life. And check out Phineas's introduction to Lush Life where he uh, interpolates Morris um, uh, Ravel's uh, "Somentine," uh, and, and it fits perfectly with um, Billy Strayhorn's melody. And the final tune is written by the late, great Clifford Brown, and it's called Dahoud. So here then is the magnificent... Phineas Newborn, Jr. at the piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. The piano trio concept at its best. The great Phineas Newborn, Jr. at the piano, along with Paul Chambers on bass and Philly Joe Jones on drums, recorded October 16, 1961, in Los Angeles for Contemporary Records, and we heard four tunes. And um, as I mentioned before in the preamble, I maintain this is some of the finest piano trio recordings ever. And these four tunes are just so superb. Beginning with Charlie Parker's blues, Cheryl, then we move to the uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Walter Fuller, Channel Pozo composition, mainstay of, s- of so many Latin bands, uh, the tune Manteca. And then we heard a delightful um, interpretation of of Billy Strayhorn's most famous ballad, Lush Life. And the final tune was written by the late, great trumpeter Clifford Brown, and that was called Dahood. And, of course, some magnificent uh, drumming on there by the one and only Philly Joe Jones. Phineas Newborn from his album, and I recommend this to any uh, aspiring piano players. This album is just uh, One of the finest. It's called World of Piano. And worth checking out every tune on it. Especially those first four that we heard. (laughs) There you go. My favorites. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker. And we're going to move now to a wonderful lady... She's a singer, and she's terribly underrated, and she shouldn't be. Um, Her name is Irene Kral, and she should be better known. Unfortunately, Irene uh, passed away in 1978. She was only 46. She died of breast cancer, and she was the younger um, sister of uh, Roy Kroll, who was a, a pianist and singer, and he was part of the famous uh, uh, jazz duet, Jackie Kane and Roy Crawl. And Irene was the young sister. Irene possessed a natural jazz singing voice. She had a beautiful sound. Um, she really, without doing a lot of scatting and, and all that kind of stuff, she just sang these songs so, so beautifully with this jazz phrasing. She was a natural. She had that natural phrasing. And uh, she toured with uh, Woody Herman's band, Chubby Jackson's band, and uh, uh, she recorded with uh, Stan Kenton, the great band leader, uh, and Terry Gibbs, the vibist band leader. Terry is still very much with us. Um, she also recorded with Shelly Mann. And uh, she was a very close friend. One of her great buddies was singer Carmen McRae. And um, Irene, being of more modest, said that um, Carmen in- influenced her. But I think she influenced Carmen, too. But I think as much as I love Carmen McRae, I really like the way Irene Krall sings. She's not as a- astringent. Um, And she has kind of um, a—she really is a master of of understatement, and she has great taste. That's all I can say. And this is a marvelous album called Better Than Anything, and she's playing here with the the Junior Mance trio. Junior Mance, one of the great uh, pianists— Bob Cranshaw on bass and Mickey Roker on drums. And all of this was recorded in LA back in 1962. And she is at um, just, uh, Irene is just at her best on this recording. Um, we're going to hear the title track written by Bob uh, Lowbrow. And uh, it's a cute thing called Better Than Anything. And it's not exactly a standard tune, but it's, uh, she does a beautiful interpretation of it. Then we're going to hear a Ray Noble composition called The Touch of Your Lips, and then the Bobby Troop, a beautiful tune that Miles Davis recorded called The Meaning of the Blues. And then we may play a couple more to close this set. I just want you to uh, sit back and relax and listen to the vocal stylings of the one and only, the late and great Irene Krall.
2: Better than sailing at midnight, better than diving for pearls, better than skiing at Aspen, better than feeding the squirrels, better than finding a horseshoe, better than losing your head, better than anything thought of, better than anything said, better than singing right out loud or being spotted in a crowd, better than anything except being in love. Four sets of Dizzy Better than Count Basie's band Better than Rollins and Coltrane Better than B on the stand Better than Ella Fitzgerald Better than Miles' latest news Better than Bill Evans' ballads Better than Joe Williams' blues Better than hearing Lady Day are checking in at Monterey Better than anything except being in love Better than Lucy and Desi, better than Route 66, better than Huntley and Brinkley, better than quiz shows all fixed, better than Kilda or Casey, better than singing with Mitch, better than Hitchcock and Karloff, better than clicking the switch, better than movies late at night or watching Emil Griffith fight, better than anything except being in love. The touch of your lips Upon my brow Your lips that are cool And sweet Such tenderness Lies in their soft caress My heart forgets The touch of your hand upon my head, the love in your eyes that shine, and now at last that moment divine, the touch of your lips on mine. Upon my brow Your lips, your lips They're cool and sweet Such tenderness Lies in their soft caress My heart forgets to beat The touch of your hand Upon my head light in your eyes that shine and now at last that moment divine with the touch of your lips your lips just the color of the sea till my lover left me blue was just a blue bird in a tree Till he said forget me Blue always made me think of summer cloudless summer skies so fresh and warm. But now the blue I see is more like winter. Winter skies with clouds about to storm. Blue was just the color of his eyes. Till he said goodbye, love, blue was just a ribbon for first prize, till he said don't cry. But now I know too well, I know too well. Rock me to sleep. So cuddle close and hold me tight, just rock me to and fro. Like gentle breezes in the night, just rock me. Till I go to sleep in your arms and I dream of your charms while locked in my slumber deep. Rock me to sleep. Please. The torch I carry is handsome. It's worth its heartache in ransom. And when the twilight steals, I know how the lady. In the harbor fields When I want rain I get sunny weather I'm just as blue as the sky Since love is gone Can't pull myself Together Guess I'll hang my tears out To dry Friends ask me out I tell them I'm busy Must get a new alibi I stay at home and ask myself where is he guess I'll hang my tears out to dry dry little teardrops my Hanging on a string of dreams, fly, little memories. My little memories remind him of our crazy schemes. Some. Forget about him I gave that treatment a try Strangely enough I got along without him Then one day He passed me right by
1: Some vocals by the late, great Irene Kral. K-R-A-L. <laughs> yes. Um, Irene passed away in 1978. She was only 46. She died of breast cancer, sad to say. And she does have a, a fairly large recording uh, legacy, including this wonderful album called Better Than Anything, and um, the thing about Irene is uh, is that she's uh, kind of underrated as a singer, and she shouldn't be. Um, she had that natural jazz phrasing. She didn't resort to scatting and, and, uh, and so on. Beautiful enunciation and absolute in-tune uh, voice. And, of course, she had the respect of all the major musicians as well. Irene Kral, along with uh, the Junior man's Trio with Junior at the piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Mickey Roker on drums. And all of this was recorded in L.A. in June of 1962. And we heard the title track, Better Than Anything. That opened the set. And we heard Ray Noble's uh, classic tune, The Touch of Your Lips, And then we heard the uh, Bobby Troop tune that, uh, of course, was recorded by Miles Davis, The Meaning of the Blues. And then we heard uh, a tune um, entitled Rock Me to Sleep. And then uh, a great um, ballad by uh, Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein, I Guess I'll Hang My Tears Out to Dry. And the final tune was uh, written by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein, and it's called Nobody Else But Me. The vocal stylings of Irene Kral. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, on your computer for live streaming. That is CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and... We're going to continue with some more music, but I'd just like to mention a couple of uh, very important websites, very informative websites as well, and if you don't know about them by now, I mention them every week, Um, but there's always uh, somebody out there that's probably uh, never heard of these websites, so uh, I usually deign to uh, repeat them. And one of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And everybody knows that the Coastal, Coastal Jazz produces the big jazz festival every year. But they have events throughout the year and concerts and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And they have a very comprehensive website, uh, which also includes the schedule at Frankie's Jazz Club, which is down on Beattie Street. And um, that club is programmed by Corey Weed's and there's all kinds of fine music down there um, at Frankie's and uh, worth checking out. And if you go on to this website, you'll see the schedule. You'll see the people that are playing there. You can actually book tables um, and do all that kind of stuff through that website, which is coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, pick up on some of the events and concerts that Coastal Jazz produces throughout the year as well. And uh, there's all kinds of links on there, and it's a very informative website about the scene, the music scene in Vancouver, which is uh, actually really happening. A lot of people say, well, you know, Vancouver is, you know, it isn't New York. Well, there's a lot happening in this city, believe me, and there's a lot of incredible musicians here, uh, young, older ones, um, and, of course, there are, you have to kind of look for places um, where this music is heard. Frankie's is one place. Another place, of course, is Pat's Pub. And uh, every Saturday afternoon, some of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub. Um, There's also other times at Pat's Pub when they do have uh, jazz music there, and those are ticketed events. But uh, on Saturday afternoons from 3 to 7, and it's usually packed out. You have to get down there early. Um, some of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub, and there is no cover on Saturday afternoons. And that's one thing. So if you're short on money and want to hear some good music and want to nurse a a cup of coffee or a glass of beer or whatever, uh, Pat's Pub is the place. And very comfortable um, and good acoustics and good sight lines, all that sort of stuff, and great music as well. So there you go. Another fine website, of course, is uh, one that's put together by Brian Nation. That's a very informative website, and uh, lots of links on that one, too. That's VancouverJazz.com. So check that one out, too, along with CoastalJazz.ca, VancouverJazz.com. Now we're going to have a change of pace, a big change of pace. We're going to go to Argentina, and one of the great saxophone players from Argentino is Argentina, is Leandro Gatto Barbieri, the late and wonderful voice of the tenor saxophone. And in 1973, he went back there. He had been in in New York for many years and recording with people like Don Cherry and playing with all kinds of uh, folks. But he decided to go back to uh, Argentina and... Uh, He got a whole group of resident musicians, some um, aboriginal uh, Argentinians and uh, others uh, from different parts of the country, great musicians. I'm not going to run through all the names because uh, there's not much point here, but uh, you're going to hear like the Indian flute here. You're going to hear the electric guitar, of course. Uh, the classical guitar, the charango, which is a 10-string guitar, uh, the Fender bass, uh, drums, um, the Indian drums, uh, all kinds of uh, percussion instruments uh, as well. There's a whole slew of people, and of course the major voice here is the tenor saxophone of Gatto Barbieri. And this is a piece of music, and I'm loosely translated. It's entitled Encuentros, which I'm assuming to mean encounters in Spanish. So here then is Gato Barbieri and a whole group of Argentinian musicians. Encuentros. hard to recover after that in Cuantros. That, of course, was the great, late Gato Barbieri, recorded in uh, Buenos Aires in April of 1973 where he reunited with a whole bunch of um, Argentinian musicians and they gathered together and made uh, several recordings um, on an album called Latino America. And um, Gato, of course, uh, the, the principal voice on here on tenor saxophone, very, very distinctive and uh, an amazing player. Gato Barbieri. Encuentros. Loosely translated from the Spanish, encounters, right? Okay. I don't think I'm far wrong on that. We have a couple of birthdays, to uh, birthday anniversaries at least, to celebrate today, and one of them is the birthday of one of my favorite trumpet players, and that's Nathaniel Adderley, perennially underrated because he was overshadowed by his big brother Cannonball Adderley, of course, one of the major voices of the alto saxophone, but Cannon and Nat, of course, worked together for so many years, and Nat Adderley was always seemed to be overlooked when it came to great uh, uh, trumpet players. Um, Nat's name was rarely mentioned. Uh, there's lots of other people: Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, even Kenny Dorham, who was perennially underrated. Uh, and then, of course, Freddie Hubbard and, and uh, Woody Shaw, and Wynton Marcellus and so on. And what about Nat Adderley? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's good too. He's damn good. Nat Adderley, of course, had his um, own wonderful way of playing and his own style. And he um, was doing that right from the get-go. He had his own thing together. And he um, actually preferred the uh, smaller form of the trumpet, the sharper-sounding trumpet called the cornet, And it's the same deal and the same three valves and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the piping is a little bit different on the cornet. Nat uh, preferred that over the regular uh, trumpet. And we're going to hear him on cornet here on three tunes. And he's playing with a wonderful piano trio led by Gene Harris called The Three Sounds. And it's uh, Nat Adderley meets The Three Sounds. The Three Sounds include, of course, as I mentioned, Gene Harris at the piano, Andy Simpkins on bass, and Bill Dowdy on drums. And they uh, recorded quite independently for Blue Note and several other labels. A great piano trio. And uh, perfect for Nat Adderley to uh, strut his stuff. And we're going to hear Nat with the three sounds, and we're going to hear the... Um, we're going to open with Duke Ellington's great tune, Don't Get Round Much Anymore. And then uh, we're going to move to a George and Ira Gershwin uh, composition from Porky and Bess. It's so, I Got Plenty of Nothing. And then we're going to hear a Gene Harris original to close the set, dedicated to one of the great... Uh, Comic characters, Mammy Yocum, that's the name of the tune. So don't get around much anymore. I've got plenty of nothing. And Mammy Yocum, our birthday tribute to the great Nat Adderley. I botched that one, didn't I? <laughs> we have to start again. I punched the wrong button and, uh, and, and killed it, and I didn't mean to. So here we go again with all the tunes I mentioned. Mm-hmm. My great engineering. <laughs> have to take some lessons here. Here we go. Yeah, what a joy it is to listen to Nat Adderley. What a wonderful player. And uh, constantly uh, overshadowed, sad to say, by his very, very talented brother. And uh, it's not that Nat and, and Cannonball didn't get along. They got along beautifully. That's why they played together for so long. Um, you know, they didn't have that brotherly rivalry that can sometimes happen. They really love playing with one another. But, of course, uh, the attention was more on Cannonball because he was the leader and, of course, uh, one of the major voices of the alto saxophone. People seem to um, overlook uh, the importance of Nathaniel Adderley, Nat Atterley. He passed away age 68 in, uh, in 2000. He was, of course, born in uh, Tampa, Florida, November 25th, today, 1931, Sixty-eight very productive years, and passed away as a result of, uh, uh, like his brother, he was diabetic, and uh, that's what uh, that's what killed him. Nat Etterly on cornet with the three sounds, and the three sounds were, Gene Harris at the piano, Andrew Simpkins on bass, and Bill Dowdy on drums, and we heard three tunes, uh, with Nat and the three sounds. The first one. Uh, um <laughs> yeah, uh, I had to uh, stop it and start it again. But we heard Don't Get Around Much Anymore by Duke Ellington. And then we heard I Got Plenty of Nothing" um, by the Gershwin Brothers. Um, that was part of Porgy and Bess, of course. And the final tune was a Gene Harris uh, 12-bar blues entitled Mammy Yoakum. So those three tunes from this uh, marvelous album recorded uh, in September of 1958. And uh, Nat was doing it way back when. So, before the clock turns over and it turns into November 26th, there is another birthday, and a very important one, one of the major voices of the alto saxophone, one of the most identifiable of all alto saxophonists, and one of my perennial favorites, Today was his birthday anniversary, and I'm talking about Paul Desmond. Paul Desmond was taken away from us in 1977, and uh, he died of lung cancer, sad to say. But uh, Paul, of course, was a major voice in the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And uh, even people that um, uh, didn't care for Brubeck's uh, piano stylings, they always praised Desmond. Uh, and, of course, um, Brubeck and Desmond loved one another, so there was no problem there. But it was just uh, some of the people that didn't like the way Brubeck played piano. But we're going to go back as a tribute to Paul Desmond to three stellar performances with the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And these were done before Dave um, did Time Out and all those um, recordings. This was a rhythm section that Paul really liked, and um, an an earlier rendition of the uh, of the Brubeck Quartet, done before uh, live college audiences, and so we're going to hear three tunes that basically feature Desmond. Uh, The first one is um, a great standard tune called "Out of Nowhere," and that features kind of the cool side of Paul Desmond, and He's absolutely wonderful, elegant on this one. And then the second tune is a Paul Desmond original composition called Le Souk, and it's kind of a Middle Eastern-flavored kind of thing. It was a pattern that the Brubeck Quartet uh, played, and Desmond's kind of turned it into his own composition. And then we're going to hear a tune. It's another standard tune that has got one of the finest Paul Desmond solos Ever. And it's his rendition, and he's featured throughout this piece of music. Um, his rendition of The Song Is You. So, out of nowhere, Lusuk and The Song Is You. And our tribute to the great, late Paul Desmond. Oh, by the way. This is with the Brubeck Quartet. So, of course, Brubeck is on piano. uh, Bob Bates is on bass. And Joe Dodge is on drums. And, of course, Paul Desmond. Our tribute to the late, great Paul Desmond, one of the most intriguing and individual voices of the alto saxophone. He was born in San Francisco on November 25th, 1924, and passed away in Manhattan. He was only 52 and um, he died May 30th, 1977, from lung cancer, sad to say, as a, a whole life of uh chain smoking <laughs> along with uh of course uh some some people thought uh desmond uh ruined his liquor because he uh, ruined his uh, liver because he uh he enjoyed his uh, his cognac but um even he he was always a, a humorous man and when he was ill in the hospital on his last days he said He told the doctors, he said, you know, my lungs, of course, he said, I understand where my lungs are at, but he said, my liver is in great shape. (laughs) And of course, the doctors had to laugh. Paul Desmond, one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, some classic performances with an early Dave Brubeck quartet, played before enthusiastic uh, college age um, audiences. And we heard three tunes. We opened with. um, the cool side of Paul Desmond, uh, on a tune called Out of Nowhere. The second was uh, one that he concocted, and uh, it was called Le Souk, and it kind of had a middle, middle Eastern feel to it. And uh, then I think one of his finest solos ever, um, recorded solos, was the last one we heard on uh, a great tune called The Song Is You. Paul Desmond with Dave Brubeck on piano, Bob Bates on bass, and Joe Dodge on drums. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker and we're uh, getting close to the uh, end of the show, but I would like to play you a piece of music by another fine alto saxophonist who departed not too long ago. His name's Sonny Fortune. And uh, Sonny, of course, had a whole different style on the the alto. I love the way Sonny Fortune played. He's originally from from Philadelphia. And this is his very first recording. And uh, he's in this little band with a gentleman named Stan Hunter, Stan Hunter plays the organ, the Hammond organ. Sonny Fortune is on alto saxophone. John Royal is on drums. And Sherman Suber is on guitar. And these are all um, basically unknown Philadelphia musicians. And uh, the only one to become a lot more famous was Sonny Fortune. Anyway, this was a good little band that he was involved with. And... This is a tune written by the organist Stan Hunter, and it's called H.F.R. Check it out. ¶¶ Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова That was the debut recording of uh, the great alto saxophonist Sonny Fortune. And here he's working uh, alongside his buddy, Stan Hunter, whose Sonny and Stan are the leaders of this little uh, group. Stan Hunter is uh, playing the Hammond organ. And we heard uh, Sherman Suber on guitar and John Royal on drums. And of course, as I mentioned before, All these guys were from Philadelphia, and, of course, the one that became best known was the saxophonist, Sonny Fortune, the great Sonny Fortune. passed away um, a little while ago, and uh, a very strong voice on the uh, alto saxophone. This was his debut uh, recording, and that was a tune by the organ player called H.F.R., We're going to close with another marvelous Hamilton organ player who is still very much with us. He's known today as Dr. Lonnie Smith. And, of course, he wears a turban um, and um, rather exotic clothing and, of course, uh, deals in some uh, really heavy, funky, great jazz and uh, there's nobody like uh, Dr. Lonnie. However, um, back in the early days, before he became Dr. Lonnie Smith, he was just simply known as plain old Lonnie Smith. And we're going to hear a piece of music, actually the title track from uh, an album under his own name called Turning Point. He wrote this tune. It's kind of an intriguing piece of music. And uh, Lonnie Smith is playing the Hammond organ along with Melvin Sparks on guitar and Idris Mohammed on drums, Benny Maupin on tenor saxophone, and the great, late Lee Morgan on trumpet. And this is the title track from Lonnie Smith's Blue Note album, Turning Point. This is Turning Point.
0: プレゼントは?
1: And as the band rides off into the night, uh, that's going to be it for this edition of The Jazz Show. The last piece of music you heard was the title track from Lonnie Smith's Blue Note album done in 1969 called Turning Point. And it's the name of the tune and his composition. Uh, Lonnie was, of course, on the Hammond organ, along with uh, Melvin Sparks on guitar, Uh, Idris Mohammed on drums, and I forgot to mention um, the three horns, Julian Priester on trombone, along with Benny Maupin on tenor saxophone, and the great, late Lee Morgan on trumpet. And that's, I forgot to mention uh, Julian, who is, uh, of course, still very much with us, lives in the Seattle area, and uh, still does some teaching and does some playing. Great uh, trombonist. Anyway, he's on there. He's the part of the three-horn uh, front line. Turning point, Lonnie Smith, who l- later on became Dr. Lonnie Smith. That's it for this edition of The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and we hope you enjoyed uh, some of the show. And if you were here for all of the show, wonderful. And uh, stay warm because it's going to get quite cool out there. And uh, cool jazz is fine, but cool weather can sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable. So anyway, have a good week. It's going to be sunshining for most of the week anyway, but uh, as I said, it's going to get uh, a little cool. And, of course, uh, interesting times coming up as well out there in uh, the real world. So take care, and we'll see you in a week's time. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, The Jazz Show, and radio station CITR 101.9, or, of course, for live streaming, www.citr.ca. See you in seven days' time. Bye-bye. (laughs)
0: Do ba doo doo doo